winter's been like for you guys in nashville but in texas it's just been a crazy season that we get like a day of cold and then the next day it's 70 and then a day of cold and then like this week it's supposed to be 80 at one point no way i'm coming down there (laughs) it's just like where is winter i got weeds all over my yard i got all this stuff that's just not killing anything off and man it's been a strange season yeah, sometimes we have crocuses all poking their heads up and then snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we usually get a good, nice cold snap of a week or, or so of good, cold, solid, you know, winter. And I think we've just been teased a couple of times this year. That's it. it it's nothing. <laughs> oh, I love it. But we had so much rain. There's like a lake in my front yard. Yesterday, all the kids were home from school. So all the neighbors were playing baseball in my yard <laughs> Completely covered in mud. Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, <laughs> they had fun. Well, this isn't the Weather Channel you're listening to. This is Sexy Marriage Radio with Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris, and we're glad you've stopped by. Uh, we're talking about love, life, sex, marriage, relationships, and anything else that may be on your mind or our minds. And you can find us at sexymarriageradio.com, and we'd love to hear from you. So you can call us at 615 567 3996. What's that number again, Corey? That would be 615-56-SEXY-6. Oh, thank you. Or you can email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And we want to hear what may be going on in your life that you would like our feedback or thoughts or total off-the-wall comments about. So anything goes, you can let us know. So I got a question for you. Okay. This is something that's come up via a couple of emails that I've gotten. And I don't know if they've necessarily been to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. They might just be coming via my other websites. But I've had a couple where the conversation has been, you know, our sex life is good, but what I want is better connection outside of the bedroom. Yes. Have you, have you so come across that before? Good. Yeah. Have you come across that before with, with anybody in your circle or friends or anything like that that you've heard? Yeah. I used to have friends that could always have great sex, even if right before and after a divorce. <laughs> I never could figure it out. <laughs> okay. I couldn't figure it out. So they're total, the, the marriage and relationships just totally dissolving, but they could still have good sex. Yes, which goes contrary to our philosophy of sex being a healer and a barometer of a relationship. Yeah. So in this case, sure, let's look at how to connect then. Since we talk about intimacy that happens on different levels, spiritually mm-hmm. and emotionally and physically. So if they're able to connect physically, I actually would question how, quote, great that sex is. Depends on our definition of what's great sex. Sure, because it could be that what they're describing is just more functional sex. Functional, orgasmic. Yeah, that they both have have achieved orgasm or release most of the time when they meet. Mm -hmm. And so it it really is just the physical aspect of it, but there's not a deeper connection. Right, and that's why there's kind of the painfulness. No, You know, nobody wants to just be... (laughs) 
I don't just want to be your sex toy. That sounds like a line that my husband would give me jokingly, but uh, <laughs> I'm not just your sex toy. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about some steps to achieve some more intimacy. Okay, so outside of the bedroom, I guess to start, then you have to examine how good the connection really is beyond physical. Right, and they're saying that there's not. These people are saying there's, they long for more connection. And we have had that. We've had not mm -hmm. just wives are the only ones saying this. We hear this from husbands as well. Yeah, because I've, I've had several couples that I've even worked with that have had this kind of situation, I guess you could say. that they would. I mean, one, early on in my counseling, it just kind of, I had no clue what to do with them because uh, I was just beginning in the whole counseling field. And I... This couple comes in and they're explaining all the frustrations and all the stuff going on in their marriage and how they just are fighting all the time and, you know, everything's going wrong and they're thinking about divorce and, you know, it's just on and on and on it goes. And so then I was like, well, tell me about your sex life. You know, it's because I was trying to cover all the bases. And they're like, oh, it's great. I mean, we have sex every night almost and it's just great. There's no problem there. And I'm like, what? I mean, I was totally thrown for a loop because yeah. I was not expecting those – in my house, those go hand in hand. Exactly. I mean, if there's not a good relationship, there's not good sex. I mean, <laughs> because when we're not good outside of the bedroom, we're not good in the bedroom. I mean, it just, I can't compartmentalize it, and I don't think my wife can either. So it's just, it's different. So everybody's different, obviously. But so I'm thinking to start, it's, it's really start to examine. How good of a connection is it really beyond physically? If if during the sex is good physically, is there a good mental connection? Do you talk? Do you look at each other eye to eye? Do you connect emotionally? Do you connect spiritually? Because maybe those are actually missing, but they've been pushed aside because you're just focusing on the physical sensations. Right. And so it means having some conversations. Imagine that. Or let the one... In any case, we talk about people who are higher desire and lower desire for sex. So now you're going to, there's going to be one in the couple who's having higher desire for intimacy that's either emotional or spiritual. So if, if the one listening is the higher desire spouse, then it means broach the subject. Let them know, you know, I love the way that we connect physically. I love it when we're together. And I wish it would, that could translate into some other areas in our marriage. And open a dialogue. Right, because that, that also opens itself to, I mean, you can understand the frustration because it's like the conversation, Gina, you and I have had of the chemical reaction that goes on in the brain when a man sees a woman's breasts versus when a woman just has a confident man. You know, mm -hmm. it's one of those, it's a real night and day, you know if there's breasts exposed or not. You don't know if you're being confident or not. So it's kind of that vagueness. Mm -hmm. That same thing happens, I think, if you're using sex as a way to, you know, it's pretty obvious to know when sex is going on. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. If it's, if it's any good at all, you know it's going on. <laughs> but the connection outside of it, it is kind of hard to know because you, that's where you had those situations where, you know, Paul feels like you guys are doing great and you're like, you haven't looked at me in three days and he's all, but we're talking on the phone and we're texting each other. So he's got the connection going on and you're like, no, that's not the connection I'm looking for. 
So you can understand, I guess, how I can understand how this would be wrought with pitfalls because it's sure. kind of hard to quantify. Sure. So some tangible things I think might help would be to look at your time together. Do you have any interests? Some, sometimes when we're dating, you think, wow, we listen to the same music. We like the same restaurants. We, we like to camp together or go to the theater or hockey games or whatever. So look at when we get so busy and our lives become tangent what's the word, you know, fractured off. Look at what can you do to create a hobby or something that you both enjoy together. Okay. So create something that you can do together outside of the bedroom. Yes, yeah, something that's fun. Okay. Not not just, you know, PTA meetings or, well, <laughs> what do you call parent-teacher meetings right. or, or something. Okay, so beyond beyond just the schedule... And, mm -hmm. and the running of the household, mm -hmm. find something that you can do that you both enjoy. Yes. That's a good idea. Go walking. We're getting closer to spring. Well, in Dallas, we're in springtime already. So go walking in the evenings. That's something that can be a great connector. Yeah. Because it gets you out in nature. And there's some, I don't know, there's something about the rhythm of nature that just helps life, I think, and helps relationships. I'd like the idea of rhythm of salsa dancing. That works too. So you could do you could do dancing lessons together. You could play games together. You could get you could just totally do away with the TV. That's kind of an extreme one for lots of people. But you know, there's what else are you gonna do? You can connect. You can play games. And we had really good friends that they got rid of their TV and everything, and they started playing Scrabble with each other a lot. And it oh, became Scrabble's this, fun. And it, I hate Scrabble. But it, it, it became one of those things that they, they just loved it. And I never have. I mean, my wife loves Scrabble. I just never. I've only played it with Paul with nasty words. I've never. Words. Well, oh, no, that's a whole different ball game. I, could, I may need to. Pam, when you're listening, hey, bring that one up. Um, but that's, that's one of those pee. that it's just, it changes. You know, you could find things that you enjoy. But there's also the possibility, let me add a little caveat to it, that maybe there's not things that you enjoy together, you know, hobbies that he really likes to do this and you got no business, you don't, I don't want to do that at all. And she really wants this and I don't really want to do that at all. So what if you used some of the routine and the schedule things that maybe you're going separate ways to hand run your household? What if you figure out ways to do some of those things together? Yeah, I think those can be some special times. Yeah, I mean, it could be if, if you're in a situation. I mean, this is what comes to my mind. I mean, my kids are old enough. I can't leave them at home alone. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so it's it's one of those, if one of them has something going on, you know, the, my son's got to come with us. If my kinder, if my first grader is at gymnastics or whatever, I got to take him. He can't just hang out here. So it could be like if my wife was home during that time, you know, maybe she's going to stay with one and I'll take the other. Or maybe we all go as a family. And that's chance we get to be together that is different than we would normally have because we're kind of running separate ways. Maybe you can find moments to steal with each other. You cook dinner together. You clean up dinner together. You establish a routine at night that allows you to, hey, this is our time, even if it's just five, ten minutes long. You know, maybe, maybe it's a chance to just connect. And I think part of the success happens when you make the plans from a, 
hopeful. Remember, it goes back to expecting a positive outcome. Right. You know how we communicate anything. So we, we can't control an outcome and we can't control our mate's response to our desires. But if we communicate them in a way that's because we love that mate and we love the time together and we love connecting you're and and we're expecting something good to happen it's a lot better than i hate that you ignore me all the time you know (laughs) yeah because because whatever you focus on grows so if you're focusing on the negative that's what's going to grow if you're going to focus on all the voids that your spouse is creating or providing in your life that's what's going to grow yes and there's also power in choosing to embrace the thing that your mate does like. Okay. Or, you know, in this family, you know, we're a huge baseball family. None of us were that big in baseball before firstborn started playing. You know, he just took such a liking to it mm-hmm. that it became our game. Mm-hmm. Paul, we are the last of the parents to be trying to coach our kids from the sidelines or whatever, or yell or play with them after practice we just we're not that that kind of parent we have learned to love 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 baseball and now volleyball and now tennis tennis goodness (laughs) but because the children love it and we've learned to love it and it's it can be the same way with your mate you know paul loves crossfit even though it led to him having that back surgery but different stuff that we do really does bring us together and that's kind of his shtick you know what goes on in the gym even though i worked had a whole whole thing when we were dating you know it got where it was something we did together yeah and okay so the other thing that comes to my mind on helping connect outside of the bedroom Mm -hmm. is to dispel that myth of the two becoming one yeah (laughs) in everything right because i think that's a huge pitfall for a lot of people that it's that we're supposed to see eye to eye. We're supposed to be on the same page. We're supposed to be going the same direction all the time. And if we're not, there's something wrong. And and so maybe it, a, a refocus or a reframing needs to happen to where I realize we're not going to see eye to eye. You know, we're not going to become one. I don't give up the things I enjoy. Because if you think about think of the progression of a relationship, Gina. Mm-hmm. You meet somebody, and you, you get that chemical high of that phenylethylamine that, that gets released and floods your brain when you first fall in love. And it's similar to heroin, cocaine, some of those components in there that make you feel invincible and obsessive and just really high the whole time. You just long to be with them. You want to be smothered by whoever it is that's the focus of the relationship. So you start giving up parts of yourself to be with them right and then as a relationship progresses and that high goes away which it naturally will i mean the brain they don't know why but it you know the phenylethylamine lasts anywhere from six months to two years in right. your brain and you can't recreate it in the same relationship it's a nice little caveat there but once that's gone and then you realize wait i've given up my life basically for this person so now all my focus is on them to complete me or to <laughs> make me happy or to enjoy what I enjoy or I've got to enjoy what they enjoy. Otherwise, there's going to be problems. And, well, of course you're going to have issues. So maybe sex becomes the only outlet that you really connect on, mm-hmm. but the rest of your life you don't. And so, in essence, you're 
the opposite of uh, friends with benefits. You know, <laughs> all you're doing is just having sex, but you don't have a friendship. You don't have a companionship. You don't have a relationship. It's just sex partners. Yeah, I can hear some of our listeners going, that sounds okay to me. Well, <laughs> but it's, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that it, it will always, always, always come back to you building your ideal lifestyle. Right. Be who you're called to be, to do the stuff that you're called to do, and then you'll end up having the kind of life that you want to have. But it's always about who who we are and then what we bring to the relationship because you're absolutely right if you are bored and frustrated with life then you're going to be bored and frustrated with your mate and it's really not your mate's fault right so yeah do the stuff that you love to do yeah so it's it's figure out ways to create a solid enough life to be chosen again by your spouse yeah so it's that i mean the way i think of it is it's create a great cake of life and let your relationship or your spouse or your sex life or whatever it is be the icing on the cake. Yeah. And but not this, be the stuff people that's ri- on the cake. Exactly. And that's what these people are writing are saying. You know, the sex is the only substance we have. So what are some ways yeah, we so can I, connect? So I need to create something better outside of it. So then, so some of it then is just going to rest on your own shoulders to what are you doing without your spouse that you enjoy? Yeah. You know, what are you doing that's in a different you know, it may not appeal to your spouse at all, but it's something I really want to do. So I'm going to do it. And on top of that, where you live such busy lives that we hate the thought of you putting off your happiness to when you're not at work, when you're not doing the stuff that you have to do. And so I kind of have this saying to do what you love, but also to love what you do. And when you bring some gusto to what you have to do, it, it changes your whole energy and it changes your state and it changes who you bring to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's create a more solid self. Exactly. And that starts to solve a lot. I mean, it, it, that's just, that's, that's what you and I both believe. I think real deeply <laughs> that you got to create something that you would love. And if whoever you're with doesn't love it, well, that's their loss, actually. Yeah, be in love with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because that, that's, that's the whole idea of being chosen. If I don't yeah. create something that's worth it, then it, the, the likelihood of it being chosen is small. Yeah, so flip the switch to enjoying life and love and, and to grow spiritually yourself. Without, you know, sometimes we deal with Christian couples and sometimes women tend to be more, uh, This that's pretty general, but a lot of times women are more spiritually sensitive than their husbands. And then they come look down their nose spiritually at their husbands, which completely turns them on off to the faith altogether. So really, if you treat your husband like you want him to be, he'll be more likely to rise to that than being irritated that he's not like somebody else. Right. <laughs> Does that make sense? It, well, I just think of the whole golden rule that, <laughs> that, that I, I mean, we teach that to our kids. Yeah. That it's the idea of, are you treating them the way you would want to be treated? 
Well, my kids will tell me because one of our good friends has a son who's not very nice. And I adore this boy's parents. And my kids will say, Mama, we're not going to give him a ride home. He's mean. And I'll say, well, treat him like he's nice. We're just going to act like he's the coolest kid you know. <laughs> and then usually he kind of steps right into that. But I'm not going to act like a child is a monster when I know perfectly well that based on how who his parents are, he's going to grow out of it and he's going to become fine. Yeah. So we treat people as we want them to become. They can usually rise to it. Right. So it's the scenario would be, I know my spouse has had a horrifically bad day at work. Mm-hmm. And I know when I come home, it's going to be bad. So instead, yeah. I come in happy and ready to go and interested and curious and open and not expecting it to be bad, but actually expecting the opposite. And in all likelihood, that right there will pull her up out of whatever was bad. And she'll respond and react accordingly. Mm. Right. I mean, I think that's a simplistic uh, idea of it, but that's what we're talking about. It's not faking it. It's believing it, right? It is believing it, and graciousness goes a long way. I've never talked about the postpartum depression that I fell into after the twins were born because it was like a year after they were born. And so it was the craziest thing, but I was suddenly so overwhelmed with everything I had to do that I just shut down emotionally. And I did not sleep at all for probably four or five months. And so I was exhausted when um, my friend would come over to babysit them. I would fall asleep instead of work, and then I'd be even more horrified and and crying, crying, crying every day. And I lost my laughter. So when people hate my laughter, I'm kind of like, well, I had it taken from me, so I'll never apologize. <laughs> I'm not giving again. it up again. <laughs> That's right. And Paul would come home, and he would be so amazing, and he would kiss me and say, "Honey, you just need rest. Everything's great." And it was so remarkable for our relationship that it, it was became kind of a special time looking back. Mm-hmm. So when we believe for the best and, and give our mate the best, I, I just know it brings turnaround. Well, true. But also let me add to it that there are times where you have to confront some things. That's you know, good. Why don't you give some if, keys if, if to I was confrontation? To, if I was to just say to my wife, hey, everything's great, and I'm just all happy and giddy, that's right. not real. Right. Because you know, there are times... And, and Pam and I have evolved, and I, well, actually, I think better is to grown to right. a point where we can be brutally honest with each other, even when it's harsh. Mm-hmm. And so there's a time where I still remember um, I was home with the kids. It was before they were in any school, so we had had a whole day home together, and we were playing. And it was one of those lots of times as a dad when I'm home with my kids – I would try to steal moments here and there, and it usually just added more you know, frustration because I'd be trying to work or something, and they'd want to do things, and then I would try to get them covered, and then I'd want to work and do something what I want to do. And, and so we had a day where it was just all about Sydney and Will, which are my kids. So you know, it was just Sydney and, De- Sydney and Will day. And so we just played, and we, we just built things, and it was just we had music playing. It was just a great day. <laughs> and my wife comes home, and she's just grumpy. Because she'd had a bad day, traffic was bad, and so she comes in and, you know, she's just spewing, in a sense, of everything that's gone on. And it's not like she's just unloading, it's just the vibe she's giving off. You know, she's just not there with us. So we finally reached a point where 
it was very obvious we were being infected by her bad mood. And so I pulled her aside and just said, honey, we've had a really good day. Obviously you have not. So if you need to leave or go do something to get in a better place, go do so please. And then I went back to playing with the kids and you know, early in our marriage, she would have been so hacked at me if I would have said something like that. I mean, I would have had pans being thrown at me possibly. (laughs) But at this point, she realized exactly what was going on. You know, she realized that anxiety and frustration and our emotions are the most contagious thing in the world when it comes to our family and it comes to our marriage. We can be infected by our spouse so easily. And it's because we care about them that we get infected by them, but we don't realize that's what's at play. But that's what's at play. And so sometimes you've got to recognize that and confront it and call out the best part of them and say, hey, I know this isn't where you want to be. You know, I know this isn't the state you want to be in. So go do some things to get better. You know, if you need to take a bath in this kind of Calgon, take me away for a while, go, go do it. Or if you want to talk, I'll listen to you. Or if you want, you know, whatever it is, but it's kind of, you got to, you got to be upfront about some of that stuff and just say, hey, you know, so an example of what we're talking about with this subject, you know, we connect well sexually and I love that about us, but I want more outside of the bedroom. Right. Because that's only going to make the bedroom better. So buck up, buddy. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah, here, here we go. And then have some ideas. So when you say that, because then the, it's easy to feel defensive because like, oh my God, what the heck do you have in mind? So saying this is some things that I have in mind or. You know, what you don't want to say is, I want us to be like in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Right, because movies are so accurate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's good to have just be very straight. And whatever works in your family, if humor works or, you know, if I, if I, a lot of times I'll come home and I will just become ballistic if the house is a mess, like, and they'll go, mom's home. <laughs> Like, rah, 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 mom's yeah. home. And so Paul has taught the kids to say, um, mom, I don't like your tone. And that might sound like disrespectful, but it always makes me laugh. Yeah, because you know always- where it's, you know, the foundation of where that's coming from. I know exactly what that yeah. means. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's that idea of the elegance of marriage and the secretness of marriage, that we exactly. have those looks that you know what they mean. Mm-hmm. Or... You know, in any important relationship, we have that. You know, you have those hidden secret messages that go on that you just know. Yep. And so use that to your advantage. Yeah. You know, because one of the things I love about Sexy Marriage Radio, Gina, is the fact that we get emails from people that are saying, hey, I took your advice or I took what you talked about and I brought it up with my spouse and it went really well. I love it, too. You I know, love it. I, yeah, it's just great hearing that they're taking some of these concepts or ideas and, and really applying it and seeing great benefit from it. And so some of the best ways to do that is when it's not in the heat of the moment. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just that concept of, of work smarter, not harder. Yeah. You know, so set aside, if, if you want to set up a scenario where I re, you're the high desire partner for the connection outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So set up the scenario of we're going to get a weekend away or we're going to get a night away, or I'm going to go have lunch with you. Some of Mm -hmm. Pam and I's best conversations relationship-wise are during lunch. Yeah. Because we're thinking about different things, and we're doing different things throughout the day, and then I drive down, and we go have, you know, 30 minutes to an hour 
and it's a quick connection, but it's one of those times where I know it can't blow up because we've got to re-engage back in whatever it is we're doing. Right. And so neither of us usually are going to go beyond the whole where the day's just ruined, but we'll get to that point where, you know, Hey, here's where I am, you know, and, and this is where I'm hoping you'll be eventually too, or here's what I'm noticing. What's your thought? Or, you know, so some of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's taking it where it's not in the heat of the moment, but it allows us to connect and lay the foundation for future things. Mm-hmm. And so that can be a great first step for this kind of an idea of, I want to connect better outside of the bedroom. And so rather than saying it, do things to connect better outside the bedroom. Yeah. I was going to say that too. Just do some things. Yeah. yeah. Meet for lunch, do something out of the normal, you know, take it, take a half day off. And rather than it being in the afternoon, take the morning and have a, have a, la- get the kids to school, have a lazy morning, go to a coffee shop, talk, you know, don't, don't try to do it to have sex. Do it to connect. That's so funny. It's so opposite of what we're always saying. Yay! Sex. <laughs> yeah, so have less sex. <laughs> not, not really, but it's it's utilized that so that way your sex really is a barometer. Because I really believe that it is a barometer. You know, sex is, you can connect really well, sometimes sex just for sex sake. Yeah, and that's just physical. But you're not connecting beyond something. You know, because we only have certain levels of of intimacy and things that we can tolerate and certain levels of, of connection we can tolerate. And so what we're talking about here is just the global concept of learn how to connect better and in the other areas. So that way in your sex life, you're going to connect better than just physically. Mm-hmm. And come from a place that's your best, you know, living your best life, enjoying life, enjoying the mundane, creating the special and um, out of your love for your mate that you want to share that with your mate. And I guarantee it, it'll go up to the next level. Right. So it's kind of the, it's kind of the idea of I'm going to lo- I'm going to begin loving my life mm-hmm. and I'm going to let that overflow into all those that are around me. Absolutely. Specifically my family and my spouse. Yeah, that's a good life. That's a great life. I mean, that's, that's one, a sexy life. You know, <laughs> another way to think of it is if your life was a movie, would you want to go see it? <laughs> There's times I wouldn't want to see my life. Well, <laughs> you talk about how boring that is. <laughs> but then there's times where it's like, yeah, I'd go see that. That for 10, you know, 10 minutes maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> But that's a great question to ask. Because it kind of, it, hopefully it points you on the path of creating something that's great for you. And then you yep. share it with those around you. Awesome. Thanks Let's, for coming to Sex yeah. and Marriage Radio. Have a great day and lots more sex. That's right. Bye. <laughs> Bye.